Team Visma Lisa Bike Bike Team. Jonas Vingegaard's doorbell. And why is it that we don't talk about Alvaredo? No, no, no. All coming up in this Saturday supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by vivlavello.cc. Hi everybody, I'm Gary Fairley and welcome to the Saturday Supplement for the Cycling Legends podcast powered by vivlavello.cc. It's Saturday the 25th of November. Where is the year going? Now, it's been quiet on the road front, but we've got a new title sponsor for uh, Team Jumbo Visma, as they will soon be no longer called. We've got Cyclocross. We're going to talk about Celindo Carmen Alvarado. And we've got Jonas Vingegaard in a Mr. Dope Test Confession shocker. And we also have Jan Ulrich in a Dope Test Confession, possibly less of a shocker. Um, But first, the news that uh, the longevity of... uh, Team Visma, as they were, were looking like being, um, has been perhaps assured a little more with the announcement that uh, a title sponsor has been found in the shape of Lisa Bike, um, who lease bikes, strangely enough, um, and uh, an, an agreement that uh, has been in place, which is going to be for an indefinite period, according to a statement uh, from Roger Pluger um, on Friday morning. Um, yes, who are Lisa Bike? Um, well, the bigger question is perhaps who owns Lisa Bike? That's Lisa Bike, not Lisa Bike. Um, and the answer is that it's the Pond Group, a Dutch conglomerate whose cycling arm owns, among other brands, Cervelo, Cannondale, Focus, and, hello mountain bikers, Santa Cruz. Um, the group also owns um, such minor concerns such as uh, Audi, Bentley, and Bugatti, uh, just to feed. Uh, any greenwashing conspiracy theorists out there. Anyway, Lease a Bike provides, and I quote, full-service bike leasing to companies and their employees in Germany, Austria, the Netherlands and Belgium. Get this. Employees can lease their desired bike and services through the Lease a Bike platform, paid through salary-enabling significant savings. So it's kind of like your employer, if you're in the UK at least, your employer's bike-to-work scheme, without Halfords being the middleman. Um, normally... I would be maybe a little bit leery of what looks like the cycling industry supporting the cycling industry again. And I kind of go on the basis that there's a finite amount of money in the sport or that people are willing to invest in the sport. Um, we need to look outside um, and find um, alternative uh, sources. And sadly, that tends to be you know oil companies and, and things like that. Um, however, there appears to be some pretty serious clout um, behind this one. Um, so yeah, um, a long-term sponsor, a long-term big sponsor um, to join Visma. Um, and so we'll be looking at Team Visma lease a bike next season. And we'll also hopefully get to get a look at their kit when the team gets launched on the 21st of December. So yeah, something to look forward to before Christmas. Now, speaking of Jumbo Visma, um, Jonas Vingegaard um, revealed to the Danish newspaper Extra Blau um, that he missed an out-of-competition dope test back in 2019. Um, in an interview last week, he said that uh, I'd left my mobile in the kitchen and their doorbell didn't work. Um, 
talking of course about the arrival of uh, Danish anti-doping uh, testers um, he says then they tried to call me and it's clear that that's impossible to take it it's not cool of course but they came back two days later you will then be tested but of course it's not cool to have missed to have a missed test hanging over you he said it's definitely something I thought about afterwards to be better at preventing it from happening happening now this this is a test for those of you not uh, in the know um, tests are undertaken under the wider whereabouts system whereby any registered athletes and that's obviously pro pro cyclists uh, need to be able to provide details of overnight accommodation a 60 minute time slot within which um, they can be tested and if they miss that if somebody turns up and they're not there and um, they're basically liable for a missed test and um, three of which equals an anti-doping rule violation and possibly a two-year ban um they also need to log their you know their regular activities so you, you know i'm training at this time or we go to work we're on the school run and things like that um, and obviously you have to log um your uh, um yeah, your, the, your races, your competitions. Um, and they all do this through the Adams database, which I think is Athletes Anti-Doping Administration and Management System or something. Something really catchy like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite refreshing to hear a, a rider talking about that kind of thing. Um, of course, it's not the first time that a doorbell has failed to play its part uh, in anti-doping or played its part. Um, distant runner Mo Farah, um, British distant runner, was staring down the, the wrong end of a, a two-year ban ahead of the 2012 Olympic Games after a third missed test. Um, his excuse that he hadn't heard his doorbell um, was actually accepted by UK anti-doping. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Kel surprise, what, in, in a year before one of the biggest events the country's ever had? Mm, okay. Um, and yeah, I think there's even a... a, a a, a loon Twitter account called uh, Mo Farah's Doorbell. Um, yeah, check that out. Um, cycling um, and British related again. Lizzie Dydenen, um also avoided a ban after Cass accepted that the first of three missed tests was in part down to her to her phone being on silent, um, not in the kitchen. Um, so yeah, um, it's. Uh, what can I say? Um, Jonas Vingegaard uh, just went on to say, he says, when asked about um, you doping in the peloton at the moment, he says, I think it's a shame that we're suffering from what happened 20, 30 years ago, um, and which is a sentiment that, that we, we talk about quite a lot, particularly in the feed zone, um, and I have a lot of sympathy with. Um, he says, I still think it's important to talk about the past because if you sweep it under the carpet, then it's clear that people might still not care if everybody cheats. When you talk about it, there's a greater chance that you will not cheat, I think. It might be a way to prevent it from happening in the future. I don't take anything, and I believe that the rest of the field doesn't either. As I can win the Tour de France twice without taking anything, I also believe that everyone else doesn't take anything either. Um, woefully naive? No, I don't think so. Um, I, maybe it is, but I, I think a lot of us who have... Um, you know, come through the Armstrong era. I mean, I, I got into road cycling during the Armstrong era, and you know, went from... You know, everybody's jealous and it's just the French who hate him and David Walsh is just an Irishman with a grudge to ooh, maybe they've got a point here um, so um, yeah, we've lived through that and by the time, I want to think these guys are better than what's went before you know, every generation blames the one before um, as Mike and the Mechanics once sang um, so yeah, I'm, and we again we talk about this at the top uh, on on the feed zone, and Chris Sidwell's my my friend and colleague. You know, he talks about he he thinks it's cleaner now, um, and well, uh, you know, I think so too. I hope we're right. History will judge, I guess. And um, this, of course, is in the wider context of Jumbo Visma's under twenty three rider Michael Hesman, um, being announced at the start of this month that uh, 
the B sample um, from his competition test on the 14th of June um, that tested positive for um, a, a diuretic. Um, yeah, it was also uh, bent, so he is suspended. Uh, he was suspended anyway, pending the B sample, but he's facing a four-year ban from the sport. Um, and being in Germany, uh, potentially faces... Um, prosecution um, under German uh, German law so you know it's we like to think it's um, it's it's gone away it hasn't quite but is, is there less doping than um, there has been in the past I don't know but you know it's to, to borrow from Gary Emlack on the ITV a, f- a few years ago um, celebrate what you've seen or provide evidence to the contrary Of course, we know the generation before that we blame all the time um, wasn't without its problems. Um, and Jonas Vingegaard's admissions come in a week when, for the first time, 1997 Tour de France winner Jan Ulrich stated categorically that he used performance-enhancing drugs throughout his career. Um, he was previously implicated in Oper- Operación Puerto um, and uh, he was found guilty of blood doping in 2012. Um, but... Yes, I doped, said Ulrich during a media panel discussion with uh, German outlet Stern and other uh, media um, after the screaming, screening, the screaming, <laughs> Freudian slip, um, a screening for his upcoming Amazon Prime docuseries, The Hunted. Um, after his initial confession on Wednesday, he explained, I was young and naive and came into an existing system, and that was made so palatable and indispensable to me that I decided to do it. My career would have been over if I hadn't done it. I never felt like a criminal. I learned pretty quickly that doping was widespread. I was taught, you're good, a huge talent, you train with great dedication, you have all the skills you, it takes, but if you want to keep it up here, you have to take part. Although he didn't feel these actions were illegal, um, Ulrich didn't feel he could you know, come clean, as it were. He said, in 2006, I wasn't able to talk because I didn't want to be a traitor. He said in his interview with Stern, um, I didn't want to come out with half-truths and certainly not with the whole truth. Um, it's worth pointing out that he was also advised by his lawyers at this point to keep shtum. Um, but I think he acknowledges that he's, he's paid a price um, as a result. If I had told my story, I would, I would have had many wonderful years, but I didn't have the courage. Now it feels so good to admit my guilt. Um, now, Jan Ulrich is... I worry that he could yet become one of the tragic figures of the the EPO era. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm thinking Marco Pantani, um, for example, is riders who who doped, who... Um, Pantani's movie is an emotive um, case because of the way he raced, because of the, you know, the panache of an Italian rider and so on and so forth, and the, um, and the circumstances of his death. Um, I worried for a while that Jan Ulrich could be a similar ca- casualty. Um if you see um, his social media feed, he's on Instagram. Um, he seems to be coming out at the end of a pretty dark period, which you know he talks about um, alcohol and cocaine use. Um, he was you know arrested and charged with physical assault. Um, he's not had the the best of times, and those around them certainly haven't had the best of times. I, I genuinely feared for him at one point. Um, however, um, he seems to be in a better place these days. Um, Lance Armstrong, his nemesis, um, has has reached out to him and seems to be, you know, in some way, shape or form, not so much taking him under his wing, but has brought a bit of positivity into his life. Um, and 
we were Chris Sidwells and I were talking in the feed zone last week about um you know not all things are bad around Lance Armstrong whether that be cancer treatment and things like that and this seems to be um somewhere that he's making a difference in somebody's life so you know Ulrich raced in a an era and you know was soundly beaten lots of times in an era by somebody who you know, doped even more than the telecom team did. Um, but, you know, 25 plus years later, um, it's he's a man with a life um, and he's, you know, I, has he paid the price at a sporting level? Yeah, he probably has. Um, at a personal level, I suspect he's paid significantly more um, and I think we can only wish him, wish him well. Now we are into the uh, the thick of the cyclocross um, season. The World Cup rolls into Dublin um, on Sunday and um, tomorrow. But one rider that has been standing out for me um, this this season so far is a uh, Alpecin Phoenix rider and and leader of the uh, the women's cyclocross World Cup and also the Super Prestige series series after one race um, and also won last year overall is um, Celine Del Carmen Alvarado. Um, I was musing last week. I think that. You know, we we're talking about Puck Peterson and, and Fem Van Empel, um, and, and I probably referred to, if I'm trying to, you know, erase my memory, but I'm sure I kind of referred to Celine Del Carmen Alvarado as being, you know, one of the others, or not quite the also runs, um, which was dreadful. But it got me thinking, and actually, I was tweeting during the um, Sunday's race that we don't talk nearly enough about Celine Del Carmen Alvarado. Um, this season she's won 10 races, or she's raced 10 races, 5 wins, already equaling last season's tally, 5 podiums, um, Trois last weekend, not Troy, um, there we go, 4 years of French and I forgot that, but I, you know, I'm not bad with the Dutch and the German pronunciations. Um, 21 seconds she put into uh, Puck Peters at uh, Trois last weekend in France. Um, okay, Peters racing her first World Cup of the season. Um, that's one thing we've, we've seen. But she's the 2020 World Champion. She beat Anna-Marie Vorst, Lucinda Brand at Dubendorf um, on that last lap, that, that sprint. Um, you know, She was 21 then and we really should have been shouting a bit more about her. Um, at that point, uh, she won the world championships. Um, she then took first in the super prestige um, competition. She took you know, first in the DVV trophy, which is now the X Two O Bad Cameras in new in new money. Um, she was second in the World Cup. Followed that on with twenty twenty one European champion. Um, she had a cracking season at a time that you know that straddled the the whole COVID um, bit as well. Um, and she's had, you know, arguably slimmer pickings at the World Cup in the last couple of seasons, but she really seems to be back with a bang um, this year, and I hope that's the case. Um, as I said, I feel she's been unfortunate with some of her time, and she's been in a world where um, the oldies, as <laughs> in, in inverted goes, Lucinda Brandt uh, and, and then Mariana Voss won the World Championships immediately after her, um, and then we've seen the emergence of you know, these wunderkind um, Fem Van Empel and Puck Peterson last season, who, you know, aren't that much younger than um, Celine was when, when she won her world championship. Um, so, yeah, I think we need to, to give Celine Del Carmen Alvarado a little bit more love um, and, you know, appreciate what a great rider she is. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, and, I, you know, I only wish I, I'd paid a little more attention 
um, over the last couple of seasons or so. So, this is the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by vivlavello.cc. You're listening on the public feed, or rather, if you're listening on the public feed, um, you, you might be aware that we've got some of our premium content um, kicking around uh, this past week, as it's Black Friday. Um, so we've got Chris Sidwell's chat with uh, Nigel Mitchell, um, revered, esteemed, famous, whatever you want to call him, um, nutritionist who's worked with EF Education, with Team GB, Team Sky, and he goes Grenadiers. Um, you also got my conversation with Claire Steeles um, earlier this week, uh, and we chatted about her, um, her, you know, her, a great 2023 season, and uh, also looking forward to her um, 2024 three-year contract with Movistar. Um, that was just a joy, um, and I think that it comes across um, in the chat. So if you haven't checked those out, they're on the, the public feed now, um, where you can also pick up um, last week's feed zone um, with myself and Chris, because uh, Dave Stanley was uh, was uh, otherwise, um, yeah, otherwise had COVID. I'm glad to say that David's on the mend. Um, and we'll be back tomorrow, Sunday, with the uh, another feed zone, where the three of us will reconvene um, to, to catch up on all the stuff that, uh, that, we, that we haven't we, ha- we haven't managed to squeeze into previous shows. Um, and yeah, that'll be on the free feed, as I said. You can catch up with that. Um, afterwards, you can you know, you can sign up for um, our premium content. Go to cyclinglegendspodcast.com. So that's kind of the, all the news that was fit to talk about this week, unless I've missed something really obvious, which isn't really beyond the realms of possibilities. Um, but what's happening this weekend? Well, no super prestige in cyclocross, um, but the X2O Bad Cameras Trophy returns with round two, um, at, and with the Urban Cross in Kortrijk in Belgium. Um, Urban Cross, as, as the name suggests, right through the centre of Kortrijk. Um, should be a goodie. Um, we've got in the women's race, Film Van Empel and Puck Peters on the same start list, whether it'll be the same start line come uh, race time, um, but for the first time this season, um, that's something to look forward to. Um, Thibaut, Mies, Thibaut Nice even looking to make it two from two, who knows? Um, and as I said, the Cyclocross World Cup returns to Dublin um, on Sunday, Eliezer, but leading the series. Um, and the aforementioned Celindo Carmen Alvarado, who will at the very least retain her lead at the top of the women's standing with Femme Van Empel. Um, all on uh, GCN, as far as I'm aware. Um, yes, enjoy it while it's still there. We were chatting about this last week. Um, and the, you know, it will be no more as of December, um, and we'll all be forced to take out a Discovery Plus subscription in some way, shape or form. There's a cheery thought. So, thank you for your company this weekend as ever. Um, if you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow me on X and on Threads and on Instagram. My handle is Fairly. You can also follow the show at CyclingLegends1 on X. You can drop us a line, send us an email to cyclinglegendspodcast at gmail.com. Um, it'd be good to hear from you and get a bit of a conversation going. What do you like? What don't you like? What do you want to talk about? What would you want us to talk about? Um, you know, be aware we might get you to, to come on the show and, and you know, justify your views um, and put us all to shame. But it would be good to good to hear from you. Um, if you like what you've heard, you can also leave us a review. We're on iTunes, we're on ACAST, we're, we're pretty much everywhere just now, which is pretty groovy. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, thanks again for your company. This has been the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, and I'll speak to you again next Saturday. Bye for now.